Okay, Michelle, if you can get really artsy and paint something, anything, what would your medium of choice be? Hmm, let me think for a second. I think watercolor for sure. Oh, fun fact. Our grandma was actually quite the watercolorist. But you know, I kind of want to be like Demi from Ghost and try some pottery. Of course you do. I don't know <laughs> if they have that there. Anyway, she really was, Lauren, and I have a Christmas piece she created. I always sort of wished I oh. could paint just like our grandma. How nice, Michelle. I know. And, but also, you can paint like her. No, this is what you got to do. Go spend some time at our town's best-kept secret, the LaGrange Art League, for some local shopping where you can take in some art and even take a class if you're so inclined. Now, this is a great idea, Lauren. I know. Oh, right three cheers for trying new things and creating new experiences with the ones you love or even by yourself i was gonna say in the ones you don't love uh <laughs> whether you are looking to explore your inner artist or you simply want to spend some quality time with your mom or a friend the lagrange art league offers an array of classes for you to dip your toes in and your brushes Go ahead and check out lagrangeartleague.org for all of the classes and offerings. Oh, and be sure to mention the sister project during registration for the reduced member rate. Happy painting. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And we're so excited you stopped by for a visit. Come on in. Yeah, make yourself at home. We're two Midwestern sisters who love a good old-fashioned conversation and enjoy sharing our life experiences with one another and you. Consider this your one-stop shop for cozy, mindful well-being, along with some entertainment and lots of wheezy laughing. Oh, you bet there'll be a lot of that going around. <laughs> our goal is to live our coziest life and inspire you to do the same because the truth is, we think it's good for your mind and your body. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get cozy. Well, hi there, listener. Welcome. You're listening to Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm your host, Lauren, being joined by my co-host and sister, Michelle. Howdy, listener. Howdy, howdy sister. Howdy. God, howdy, howdy. You guys, today's episode is so epic for us because mm -hmm. I will say we've had wonderful guests, but this is probably our most famous Famous for sure. Guest. Celeb guest. Today's guest is writer and number one New York Times bestselling author, Colleen Hoover. Raise the roof. Raise it We're going to put an applause after oh, that one. long one. I'm going to put the whole sound bite in. <laughs> you guys, Colleen sat down with us. This was the second time. Um, we actually mm. sat down with her in November, but audio got messed up, and she was kind enough to sit back down with us again, which she's not a not busy person. Yeah, she's definitely got a busy sketch. Yeah, and she's I mean, got when this. you write 100 books. 100 books or, a year. 22 <laughs> or 22 you know her first book slammed came out in 2012 it was self-published she put it out on amazon and it blew up and it I worked mean, and she just never stopped and she was there. like well it ain't broke no fixing let's just, let's just keep, keep on going. writing never look back so in today's conversation we're going to talk a little bit about her writing style how she writes a book but we also talk about so much more like the real stuff the real stuff mm -hmm. things like that we can all actually relate to and mm -hmm. um, we learned from her in regards to her writing stuff but we also asked about some parenting stuff i loved i love her perspective on being a mom i loved it i'm i'm gonna not, i'm gonna Don't, let her tell yeah. it um being, you know, her, her and her partner, she's, you know, she's a husband. And then, of course, um, some um, non-for-profit work that she does. And then we talked a little bit about her massive following that she has on social media, which 
Look at the numbers. It's bananas. Most followed person, second most followed person on Goodreads. Is it? I mean, is it really? Is yes. she really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Or maybe first. She's like top three. I mean, how does this happen? She. I don't know. She's kind of like I don't really know. I think TikTok played a huge role because there's isn't it like called TikTok Book or TikTok yep. something Book Talk Book Talk and Colleen Hoover like blew up on Book Talk and I think that really helped escalate her platform. And she's great. If you're not following her, I'm putting all of that, all of her links in our show notes. So give her a follow. She She's actually pretty fun to follow. And she randomly goes on live with people and does giveaways. And sometimes she invites her guests on followers and you can watch these folks go on and lose their minds. <laughs> it's so great. But before we dive into this conversation with Colleen, first of all, Colleen, if, we're, if you're listening, we hope you are. Thank you so much for giving us that second opportunity to Surely. talk with you. We agree with you that the second conversation was better than the first. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I didn't want it to end. I know. We could have gone on forever. Mm-hmm. And she even said she'd come back on. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, before we dive in, Michelle has a name that we would like to draw for one of our newest Anchor.com subscribers. I always love sharing these names, Lauren. Our newest subscriber is Aaron Vandrasik. I want to say Aaron Van Drasik. Like something from Game of Thrones. Yes, or like maybe vampire I don't know. Whatever, that's just what I like I'm it. Feeling. Anyway, that's our newest subscriber. That's her name. Wow. Don't wear it out. Erin, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And thank you to all of our subscribers who help support us on a monthly basis. As you know, our content is free. Anger.com subscriptions are literally just a way for you to help support our cause. And what does that do, you ask? It gives us more resources for more equipment, Mm -hmm. for guests, Mm -hmm. you name it. One day it might go into like our travel itinerary when we meet somebody. Yes. But in any case, if you want to learn more about anchor.com, again, drop down in the show notes. You'll find everything there. Um, You guys, this is an incredible conversation with an incredible woman. And so we hope you enjoy it. And please reach out to us and let us know what you think. Stay cozy and enjoy. I was just going to ask, Colleen, are you one of those people that doesn't brush your hair every day and just pulls it up like me? Or I can't brush my hair because it's naturally curly. So the only time I can brush my hair is in the shower. Oh, so you literally have to get it wet with conditioner and brush it out? Yeah, like I brush wow. it in the shower because it's so tangly. And then like until my next shower, I can't brush it because it's curly. And it's it's been it's been a while since I've washed it. <laughs> I like the look. You, our listeners can't see, but Colleen, you're sporting like two little, almost like Princess Leia bum. Yeah. yeah. Lauren recently leaned past, like she leaned over me when we were near oh. each other. And she goes, when, when was the last time you washed your hair? I was like, so, oh, I'm sorry. No, it smelled like. I'm like, it's been four days. She's like four days and under three hats. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I mean, and and I'm I am expecting so maybe it's my smell, but I think any person walking past your head would have smelled it. No, I mean, if, if you're pregnant, yeah, like I was so sensitive. I'm very sensitive to smell anyway, which is like I feel like it's a superpower I have, and it's the one superpower you don't want to oh, have, especially for the bad smells. Yeah. I I was actually sitting next to a woman at dinner who also had the heightened smell, and I was having some it? gut issues, and I was burping in a different day. And she was like, so what do you, finally, she looks at me and she was, so what do you think it is? Do you think it's a gut thing? She asked you, I was like, kill me now. (laughs) I've been basically blown. No, it was horrific. (laughs) Colleen, what kind of shampoo are you? Do you, what kind of shampoo do you use? I'm curious to know what your bathroom, your. I use um, Nexus. Nexus is good. 
Yeah. Do you have any other like? I don't use shampoo. I'm sorry. I use Nexus conditioner. I don't use really? shampoo on my hair. It's so dry. Like I know some, you know, people talk about how if they don't wash their hair, it gets oily. I've never had oil in my hair. It's never been an issue because, because of how dry it is. Really? Yeah. So if I put shampoo in it, it's a million times worse. I maybe will wash with shampoo like once a month or every two months, but I mostly just use conditioner. Now, are you one of those people that's like always wished that you had the opposite of what you have like me, but now I'm hearing your curly hair situation and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to keep this straight. (laughs) Uh, absolutely. Like I, 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 it would be such a dream to be able to like get out of the shower and not, yeah. you know, look like a mushroom. <laughs> Ellen, do you, do you straighten it? Because I feel like I've, yeah, I've seen it straight or like blow. I dry. don't do it myself. I can't, I go to a um, dry bar, but sure. you know, the closest one's two hours for me. So I maybe go twice a year. Wow. But I, you- they're the only ones who can get my hair to feel, you know, normal and mm-hmm. silky. You need, she needs the Revlon hair dryer. Have you heard of this thing? No, it's this, it's a blow dryer that has the the brush. Y'all don't do this to me. Wait a second. Did you buy the Dyson that you go like this? It looks like a hook. Is that the one that you bought? Okay. This one's by Revlon and it's like on Amazon for $38 and it's the brush and the oh, oh, I've used it. And, it, it no. and I it, feel like she maybe have to take a trip to the ER <laughs> using that one if it got yeah. tangled. Like that actually might not be a good thing. Okay, never mind. Best of luck <laughs> with your mushroom. <laughs> um, Colleen, we are so by the way, we want to thank you because we yeah. know we've had this conversation. So we're going to switch things up a little bit okay. because so we don't like rehash all of the same things. Plus we've been following you and you have new stuff happening. Um, but so thank you again for joining us. I oh, no problem. busy. Was and it my I, fault. Was it my recording that didn't work? I don't no. even have a clue. It was my fault. What I did is I didn't download the file from the platform in a timely fashion. Oh. So now I know that I need to download the files immediately so they don't delete their yeah. and the good news is we switched platforms so that's also a plus. Yeah. um okay so one of my biggest questions i wanted to ask you because i saw this pop up on your instagram or one of your many um large platforms that you get a ton of hate mail for verity <laughs> <laughs> is that true why i want to send you love hate mail. I, I guess i should say frustrated mail from your why? fans just people wanting to know, like, you know, is it the manuscript? Is it the letter? They want more closure. Mm-hmm. They want another book. Okay. So they're <laughs> um, not, not like hate book. mail as in, um, you know, yeah. just horrible, mean emails. No, yeah, no, no. Okay. So they're not mad about the book you wrote. They're, they, they're frustrated. They want more answers basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was going to be something much juicier. I'm glad to know that no one's threatening <laughs> your life or anything. <laughs> I did wake up this morning to a Google alert for an article written about Verity, but, but they started off, it wasn't a good article, but they started it off with about how it's a series. And then at the end, she was like, I will not be reading the next book. And I was like, good. Cause I haven't written one. There there is one. On it. Was, we would have read it. <laughs> I have to say, Colleen, my mother-in-law um, <laughs> who follows 
at Lauren and I very closely on cozy conversations. And I'm sure she's heard me swear and say more inappropriate things on this podcast than she ever <laughs> imagined. Want her to know. <laughs> and she also gets in on the fun with us. And so she read Verity. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Jan, Did you say, oh, God. oh God. And she texted me probably the most hilarious text I have ever received from my mother-in-law ever. And she goes, I just finished Verity and sent it back to whatever she said. Um, I do not know need to know that much about one's sex life. Thank you very much. And we call her sexy Jan. She's a really good baby. My mother-in-law does not read my books. Your mo- so your mother-in-law does not read them? No. Oh. All right, let me ask you a question. Does it offend you? If someone like that close doesn't read your, your books, are you kind of like, oh my gosh, y'all, if it offended me, I would get a divorce. My husband doesn't read my books. My kids don't read my books. I I like that. You know, to me, what I write is is a hobby Mm -hmm. and I don't expect them to pick up that hobby just because, Ah, you know, because I do it because they're all into sports and, and star Wars and stuff that I care nothing about. And so, you know, I don't, if they don't, we actually did have, um, last year, my boys and I during quarantine, um, they told me that they would read one of my books if I watched the entire Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I got through half of one movie and I was like, never <laughs> you, mind. <laughs> you bowed out. You broke yeah. the deal. Wait, I which did. movie did you bow out on? Do you remember? The Hobbit? Yeah. You got to start there, I think. Is that where you start? Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I, la- I love when you share pictures of your boys and you post, you write on it. And I think you're, it's the same (laughs) meaning that I have with my kids in a different way. You say, I made this, you know, like your kid. (laughs) And sometimes I talk about my kids and I, there are some, you know, I'll look at them and I'll think to myself, that's my best work. My best work. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel like with my career, like I'm, I'm proud of it, but I also like am my own worst critic. So I'm like, it's a fluke that my books are doing well. I don't understand it. I'm a horrible writer. And so I don't have that same kind of pride for my career that I have for my kids. I want the world to know that I'm the world's best mom. I have the world's best kids. You know, I'm just so proud of that. And so when people are like, what's your biggest accomplishment? This career, it doesn't even come up in my mind. Like it's, I I love love being a mom so much. I can sense that. Well, I, have, I see it. And I have to tell you, I'm going to be one in July. And that freaks me out a little bit because there's so much more I want to. It's really exciting. But there's so much more I want to accomplish professionally. Yeah. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. But I feel like what you just said took a lot of weight right off of like that pressure. Yeah. Um, but speaking of one of our questions was um, for a new mom or any moms out there, you're a mother of three sons, right? Yeah. And they're, they're a little older. They're yeah. in their Late they teens, are 17, 18, and 21. Okay. Any advice for any new moms listening or just moms well, I could, in general? I, I, I could go on. We should have a whole podcast about we can talk about that today if you want. <laughs> <laughs> My mother used to tell me before I had kids or maybe when they were really little that you have to set those boundaries when they're young. What kind of and boundaries? I, like, you know, people say you can't be your kid's best friend, all that. I think that's very true the first few years. Like, you know, we had a lot of fun with our kids, but we also would not let them get away with anything. Mm -hmm. There were times my middle child was just Satan. And (laughs) I'm not kidding. There were times I'd be on the bread aisle at Walmart and we would be in a timeout. 
And like, I didn't care what people around me thought. If my kid was acting up, he was going to, you know, I was going to parent him in that moment. Mm -hmm. I just never let them get away with anything. And it was so hard. I feel like it's so much easier to handle an iPad and, um, you know, just kind of get them out of your hair. But those first four years are so important because by the time they were like five years old, they knew like, okay, I can get away with this. I can't get away with this. Since, since I got out of the toddler stage, my kids have never disrespected me. They Mm -hmm. know, you know, like I'm mom, but I'm also like their best friend. I feel like it would hurt them to disrespect me in a way, but we just get along so well now. And it's been so easy since then, because those first four years, I feel like me and my husband worked so hard to make sure that they were well-behaved that it's just felt so much easier. I I love that. I love that sentiment because it's like, and and those first four years, they are, it's fucking hard, whether you're so hard, it's so hard, but it's like you put in the, the effort, the major time in the beginning, you commit to that. And then you get to enjoy the later years. Yeah. And I want to be clear. Like we weren't strict parents by any means. I don't spank my kids. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, and every one of them, what's so weird is every child was different and I had to parent them differently. You know, I had to parent my oldest different from the way I had to parent my middle one. So, you know, different parenting styles work differently with each kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's so hard to figure out is, um, you know, what makes one tick and one, what doesn't like my middle child, I would you know, if he wouldn't That's clean Satan. his room for weeks, yeah, at a time, I would be like, I'm going to throw away your toys. And he would bring me the trash bag. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, All right, let's do this. <laughs> you know, he was just so like, oh, bad but, uh, my one, God, such one, a- funny. <laughs> oh, one time, William, my little guy, he's 13 now. He got sassy. Like when he was young, he was like four. And I was like, I'm going to put I'm going to put hot sauce on your tongue. If you, if you say that one more time and he did it. And I was like, I Oh my God, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I ha- I'm going to have to do this because I said I did, I was going to have to. Yeah. And, he and he looked at me and he goes, mm. that was good. <laughs> Has eaten hot sauce on every single thing yeah, since then to spi- this day. Yeah, he's a spice that is hilarious. Uh-huh. But you know, what's so important to follow through. It's the follow through the empty threats. They're just going to learn what they can get away with, with you. So, so if you true. say something to your child, then follow through with that because mm-hmm. they're paying attention. And I think that's just the most important aspect of parenting. Consistency. Did you find that with your husband that you guys had? And I wonder, Michelle, this goes for any parent out there with your, their partner, if they have, I different... actually, am just going to listen to what Colleen has to say, because okay. she's got some good shit to say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Do you have, um, did you, I mean, even now, but when they were younger, these one through four years that you were talking about, did you and your husband have like really different parenting ideas that you had to work together? Like, how does that happen? That mold of parenthood with both the both of you? We've just always kind of been on the same page when it comes to parenting. But one interesting thing is, is I feel like we were playing good cop, bad cop for a while there. And I was always the bad cop. And um, because he, he worked over the road, so he wasn't home as often. And so I was the one who kind of set most of the rules and things when they were really young. But then when I started writing books, my husband became a stay at home dad and I was the one working all the time and our roles completely shifted and he just took over the parenting completely And so then I got to play good cop for the teenage years. You know, it's been really interesting because our roles shifted, but like the parenting didn't like the kids always kind of had that um, the same structure, no matter which one of us was doing most of the parenting. 
Wow. Mm. That's interesting how that happens. Michelle, are you taking any tips over? <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm taking some tips and I'm uh, just not thinking. that you guys don't communicate. Well. No, Ryan and I are good. I think we're a great, yeah. a great parenting team actually. Um, but definitely the good cop, bad cop is a role that we play. And I don't know sometimes. So when we're talking good cop, bad cop, does that mean like someone's implementing a little bit more of like the ultimatums or the, like the punishments, if you will, or like the follow through. And then is there the other parent kind of like the, it's going to be okay. Little one. Like, is that what we're not necessarily the coddling for me? This is kind of my approach to parenting. I feel like And when a situation arises and parenting needs to take place, Mm -hmm. I like to like, if Ryan's taking the lead in that moment, I will step back. I will show support. I will show support, but I will let him take the lead in that way. And then in my situation, when I'm taking the lead, I want to take the lead. Let's just, and sometimes I think that actually goes, I don't know, it goes off track sometimes. (laughs) There's always a default parent. And it switches between us, but you know, like when I was growing up, I grew up with a stepdad. And so my mom was always the default parent because she was our mother. And so if I wanted to go spend the night with someone, if I wanted permission to do something, I would have never gone to my stepdad. I always asked my mom. Mm -hmm. And so with me and Heath, because we're, you know, we both kind of switch back and forth. I feel like for the first half of their lives, they would come to me for everything. If they needed something, if they wanted permission for something, And, and then I would sometimes, you know, brush it off and be like, go ask your dad if I didn't want to have to make the decision. But now I think that they more go to my husband when they need things. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's been interesting seeing how, how that has played out. How old did you say your youngest son was? So so you're like on the cusp of a major, I mean, depending on whether the kids all leave the nest or not, but like you're on the, the forefront of being an empty nester or are you like my two youngest are both starting college this fall Mm -hmm. and they're moving in together into an apartment like 30 miles away and then my oldest is about to start a job with the bureau of land management and he's moving to nevada in may oh good for him so what does it feel like it's weird because you know like they've been our whole lives and so my husband and i are trying to make it fun so that i'm not like so depressed about it yeah but we just bought a camper van and we have so many plans for when they leave or we're just going to go travel. And and so that I won't just be focused on where are my kids? Why aren't my kids home? Well, this be the first Uh, time all three of them are gone. Yeah. Like at the same time. That's a lot. That's, that's a tough, that's a lot. My kids, my, I have twins and I think about that day a lot because they're going to both go and I'm going to have to get a camper. And travel around. The <laughs> yeah, you're meet up with Colleen. Seriously, <laughs> meet Seriously. up at a national park. Colleen, when it comes to juggling, um, being a very successful writer and being a very proud and happy mom, right? What is? I mean, that's a, that, that that has to be very challenging. Do you have any like any tricks of balance, or are you just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and seeing what happens? I fly by the seat of my pants, absolutely. But also, um, my husband is just, he's just wonderful. I haven't had to do laundry or dishes in years. Not that he does them all. My kids do their fair share. Um, They're very good with chores and stuff. Another thing we instilled early on. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that stressful. And it may be because I've had jobs that I've absolutely hated before I started writing and careers that were extremely difficult. 
And so every time I start to feel stressed out, I just think, well, I'm not having to do that. So this isn't so bad. She says the same thing. You no, know, yesterday yeah. we went and met with somebody and she was asking us about her business and, and she- Is it stressful? You know, is it stressful? How do you guys handle it? It's so much. And I'm like, gosh, you know what? Like I worked in a job for 20 years that I just was, I it was, I was like dead inside. I hated I'm it. like- I, yeah, I love, I live for this. Like I go downstairs to this basement and record with her, her laundry room studio. Yeah. And I skip down the stairs and like, I just completely relate to that, that thought. Colleen, what did you do before writing? I know the answer because I think exactly. we talked about it. What did you hate the <laughs> I most? I got my degree in social work and right? I did, I worked in hospice for a while. I did investigations for child abuse. Um, Heavy. I worked for mm-hmm. a rape crisis center and then I taught school for a couple of years and hated that. I was not a good oh, teacher. Yeah. Um, I'm just not good with other people's kids. But, <laughs> um, you know, I started, I wasn't happy as a teacher. So I took a job as a clerk making $9 an hour. I wasn't using my degree working for WIC. I don't know if y'all, y'all know what that is. It's women, uh-huh. infants, and children. It's a nutritional, supplemental nutritional program. And women that are pregnant, like, and low income will get like formula diapers, things that they need. And I did that for four years, making not near enough to pay our bills, but I loved that job so much. And it was actually where I worked when I started writing and, um, stole all the employees. Good for you. (laughs) They work for me now. We just all get along so well. It was such a good job. So I took them with me. Oh, that's Um, great. Listen, take what helps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was 10 years ago and we still work together. I love that. I I mean, 10 years is a long time, but also a short time. Like it's, I know it's crazy. It's gone so fast. Have any of those jobs that you just mentioned, did they inspire or do they inspire your feet, like your writings? Cause I feel like some of the things you mentioned could kind of trickle into a lot of the stories you've told. Absolutely. I think so. Um, I was just answering a question this morning in an interview about, um, you know, if they inspire any of the storylines and I, and you know, they don't really inspire like specific storylines, but obviously the stuff I've seen and the stuff I went through in that career kind of lends itself in this career and the stories that I write. Um, so yeah, I definitely think so. And now a word from our sponsor. As sisters and business partners, we have had our fair share of challenges that have left us feeling overwhelmed and ill-prepared. Right, like that time that you realized that mom never set up her estate. Yeah, just like that, and I don't ever want to repeat that with my own kids. Same, Michelle. Hard stuff like estate planning and business startups come with a huge amount of responsibility and overwhelm. In fact, oftentimes, acquiring a sense of peace and preparedness while navigating life's challenges can actually be really difficult without any guidance and support. It really can, and also the reason why everyone on planet Earth needs an attorney at law like Stephanie Posey of Posey Law Group, LLC, in their back pocket. Stephanie offers empathetic legal advice and is as collaborative as she is entrepreneurial in spirit. She also happens to look at estate planning like it is a love letter to your family, which is honestly a breath of fresh air. It is. I love that. Whether you are taking a risk to crush your small business dreams, selling a home, or navigating the heartbreak and relief of life transitions while bravely facing big questions about your legacy, Posey Law Group LLC is here to guide you through life's sometimes most overwhelming moments with grace and empathy. For more information on Stephanie Posey and Posey Law Group LLC, please visit www.posylawgroup.com. 
And now back to our cozy conversation. Well, we should probably talk about your newest book. Michelle did finish it. I'm halfway through it, but I'm loving it. Michelle, you I loved you. it. I loved it. Reminders I, of him by Colleen Hoover. First of all, I need to preface with when did I finish this book? Like two months ago. So it's already almost left the brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So but you liked um, it. I absolutely know. I loved it. I, I cried. I cried mm-hmm. more than once. I just... And I'm, and I loved the ending. I was happy. Okay. Let's try not to spoil the ending. For <laughs> well, what I'll tell you about it is that, or that I loved about it is the, the very first, well, I will say again, there's those makeout scenes that hook me in. I don't know what it is about like the way you describe mm-hmm. the, I, I mean, I think it, I mean, it, it's erotic. <laughs> Do all of your books have a sense of that kind of sexuality or like, like relationship? I don't know. Um, you know, there's a couple of my books that don't even have sex in them, okay. but they still, but to me, given it's like not about the sex scenes at all. Like when, when it actually, like, if you get further into that book, this book is more about this couple. Yes. What, I'm past what all that going stuff. Through. Yes. Yeah. And it's not even like, you're not even thinking, Oh, when's the next sex scene? You know, because to me, it's like, someone touching someone's hand in a book, if it's written the right way with the right amount of angst is so much more powerful than any sex scene. But that's really what I'm, that's more what I'm getting at. The way you talk about like their physical, like not attraction, like the touch and the way they feel when they're connecting with one another, that's what ropes me in. And when I, when I was on the plane, I was like, oh my God, that you want, you want to know what's going to happen between these two people. Cause the the attraction, both physical and I think more emotional is so strong. Mm -hmm. It was. So I'm at the, I'm right like smack dab in the middle where I'm starting to see what is going to happen between these characters or these, these humans. I I think what I loved about the story, because it's coming back to me now, it's coming back to me (laughs) is the reminder that everybody is going through something Mm -hmm. and the importance of perspective, Uh you know, um, for Kenna, just as you begin to kind of unfold what actually happened and what she actually went through through and is living through and the stories that other people create about something. It's just, it was a reminder. I closed the last page and just was a reminder that everybody is going through something. You don't know what or how or why. Yeah. You know, that's always a theme I try to go with. Um, when I was in college, I remember I got an award called the devil's advocate award. And it was like, y'all, I had no idea how much that meant to me because I always like, sometimes when the teacher would ask a question, I would wait and see everyone, you know, raise their hands or answer. And then I would go the opposite way Uh just to kind of, you know, let's bring a new perspective into this. And so I love to do that with my writing, like right from a point of view, you wouldn't necessarily agree with, or, um, you know, you might have an opinion about going into it and then kind of flip it around. Mm-hmm. So that's always my goal when I write is to do it from a devil's advocate perspective. But just this morning I was opening my mail and I received a letter from a woman in prison who had read reminders of him. Y'all, it made me cry. Oh. Like it was just, you know, it was just her just talking about how it was so good to see a book that represented the situation that she's in wow. and because she feels so guilty being in there and away from her child. And, um, wow. she actually uses that book in prison to teach ESL classes. No kidding. Yeah. So I, 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 wow. I haven't responded to it yet because I just opened it this morning, but I really want to send 
her some books. I just thought that was really sweet. So sometimes, you know, it's just little things like that that just make the whole writing process. Yeah. Did, did you think 10, 10 plus years ago you would ever receive a letter from someone like that? Like, no, no, are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> no, um, I, I'm just blown away daily by where everything has ended up. It's do you respond to every, like, do you try to respond to almost all the correspondence? I used to, in the first few years, I, I would, right. that was my goal to respond to everything. But now, especially with like the different platforms, between oh. Instagram and stuff, I get probably 10 messages a minute, a minute throughout the day. There's no way I can even keep no up with it. So the only way, the only times I respond is if I'm actively like online and see the message come in. Sure. And I'm in a position where I can respond to it. Um, it's just, it's golly. I feel but, special that you responded to us. But also, Colleen, <laughs> my email's not that crazy. <laughs> Good to know where you can find Colleen Hoover. <laughs> but also, you're so engaged with your yes. audience, which is a massive reason why you're successful. You have a connection with people all across these platforms. And like, I bopped in one day when you were having a live. And you were just, and you were just letting your random like fans, they're not random. They're your weird internet friends that obsess over your books and to watch them get on the split screen with you, like their reaction. I was like, oh my God, this person is, thinks that they're staring at, I don't know. Their favorite favorite person on planet earth right now. And I watched it. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) do you ever get nervous? Like when you're doing that, that some like wackadoo might pull up. I know, you know, you can no. scroll through and kind of see the screen name and the picture. And I'm always like, please don't let this be. Yeah, please don't be naked. Don't let this be inappropriate. So far, it hasn't been. We've been left out, but um, it might make it more interesting. If it no more opportunity. Oh, that's true. And then funny. when you're on live with them, by, okay, well, first of all, for our listeners who want to like watch this, do you do this just randomly or do you have a schedule for this? Absolutely random. If okay. it's on a schedule, I'll think of a way to cancel it. Okay. Like anything on my calendar. <laughs> oh, wow. This I is, just the, I every, love the way you work. I do. I love your, just your approach. I leave our conversation since now we've had two and I'm like, <laughs> you need to not worry right. so much. Just kind of yeah, like I do your like thing. I had an epiphany last week and I was just really stressed because I was on a trip with a friend of mine and I had so much to do. Like I have three publishers now and um, just between the three of them and everything going on, like, I feel like everything's just kind of piling up and I was on vacation, you know, and, and, and I was really thinking, okay, I need to take at least one of these days to go and respond to everything and do everything. And I was like, wait, it's books. It's just books. It's not life or death. Not like heart. This surgery. is about books, like leisure, not that leisure. serious. So what did you and do? And I really just work. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, work on, that, on the vacation. Did you work? Did you let it go? No. After that, I was like, what am I thinking? Like, like we're dealing with books here. Like they're fun. They're <laughs> a hobby for people. It's, they're not going to die if something doesn't happen. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not a yeah. nurse. I don't have to, that kind of stress, you know? So I was just like, why am I so Good stressed? Why do I you. feel like I have to just instantly get everything done and after that, I just enjoyed the rest of vacation. And didn't oh my God. Where yeah. did you go? Um, we went on a road sure. trip. I started out in Texas, drove to New Mexico and met up with a cousin and then 
my best friend, Taryn Fisher, she's also an author, flew in. And then she and I drove to Utah and stayed in Utah for a few days and then drove back, dropped her off in New Mexico and then drove back to East Texas. So I was driving like 50 hours, I swear. But you were going to see some cool places like in Santa Fe where it you see nature. absolutely beautiful. You yeah. in Moab, Moab, is that what it's called? No, we didn't make it up to Moab, but uh, we went to Canyon Point to a resort there. But just the drive up from New Mexico Amazing. into oh, Utah. Wow. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, like, I've just never been through there before. Same. It was yeah, really, really pretty. Um, sorry, this no, is yeah. this is off this is off script, but you mentioned Texas. And the only time I've gotten my mind off of the show Yellowstone was to talk <laughs> to you. And I'm just wondering, have you watched the show? I've seen the first season. A lot of people hated it. Did oh, you enjoy yeah. it? Did you like yeah, it? I enjoyed it. My kids and my husband really enjoyed it. Um, okay. They're ahead of me though. Like I, I, I tend to not watch things after the first season. I'm really bad about that. Oh, um, you need to. I don't know why. It's it just a time constraint. And then once mm -hmm. I watch the first season, I'm like, okay, I got enough of that. Except Ted Lasso. I'm going to watch everything te about Ted Lasso related ever. You love and Ted. once and watch it over again. I loved the first season. I did not love the second season. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't too crazy about that twist at the end, but I absolutely into that. Will you watch Bridgerton? I did watch Bridgerton. And did you like and it? I did. Um, last night, the, the um, premiere came on for season two and my husband goes, we're going to watch that, aren't we? And I was like, did you watch season one with me? And he was like, yes. <laughs> so I don't even, I don't even See, remember. That's how I am. <laughs> I'm like, I'll like rent a movie. I'll be like, oh my God, I can't wait to watch this. And I'll be like 10 minutes in. I'm like, am I having deja vu? No, watch this already. <laughs> I didn't remember yeah, it. So bad. Like I need like a list of things I've seen so that I don't accidentally rewatch them. Yeah. Did you things just leave my head super quick. Same. I wish it's shocking to me because I'm like, how do you get through so many books if things I really are, love I them, know. I really love them in that moment. I do. I no, take no, I mean it. the writing. Oh, 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 the oh, writing the book. It's like you're if things are leaving your head, you know. But you must be just. Can we talk a little bit about your your writing process for a moment? Because I know some of our listeners have, have yeah. asked us specifically out of curiosity. The last yeah. time we talked, you said you don't have much of a process. No. <laughs> it's still the same. No. Here's something that um, I think is important for people to know about me. I oh. have. ADD, not ADHD. Okay. I'm not hyper at all. I can lay down all day. <laughs> I have ADD very, very horribly. I probably finish reading 5% of the books I start. Like wow. very, very just all over the place. But I read, cause I didn't understand when I started writing books, why I could just focus right into that. And I read something where some people have ADD with hyper-focus and it's like everything else goes to the wayside. And this one thing takes all of their attention. And that is that is books for me. Like when I'm writing a book, I'm living that book. When I'm in the shower, when I'm driving, when I'm having conversations with people, I might be looking at you, but I'm thinking about my characters. Like I just live in that world while I'm writing that book, but then cannot focus on anything else or remember anything else. Yeah, that's incredible. But that's the thing. I think that's the great misunderstanding of this you know, disorder is Did you have it too? It's in the early like, days, I have ADHD, okay. but in the early days, you know, it was a disorder and this was a brain problem. And the fact is, is the ability to hyper-focus for me, it's my skill. It's my, it's the superpower. Yeah. I watched my son 
who's having a, a rough go in math right now coming out of the pandemic and ADHD and the whole thing. And I sat and watched him a few days ago, learn how to play um, Texas Hold'em with his grandpa and the, in the dialed in focus because he wanted to, yeah. he liked it. It mm. kind of got him excited. I'm like, this is the deal. We just folks with ADHD need to find what drives them right. what feels good when they're right. in a pocket and do that. And it's also just a different, you people with different things, all different things adapt to different skill sets and a different way of doing things. But one of the questions, and we know the answer, you said that you don't like wake up every morning and start writing at six. It just comes to you. And like you said, then you dive into it. Yeah. So are you in a writing process right now? Or are you kind of laying low or do you have to meet I, deadlines? I am in a writing process right now. Um, it's been difficult because my schedule has just been so packed for March. Uh, I think tomorrow's my last interview and then I have nothing else until I have one thing in April and then nothing else until May 2nd. So I know like after tomorrow, my family will not see me for a month. <laughs> like Why? I, Oh, you're busy or I'm going to be writing. Yeah. Where will you I, go? Um, in your little closet it just depends. Yeah. Like sometimes I write at home. Sometimes I write at my office. Sometimes, um, I go to a hotel and I'll stay for a week at a time. Um, it just depends on, on how I feel at the time. I don't know where I'm going to write the rest of this book. I'm in a, I'm in a process where I need like several days of no interruptions. And so I've just spent the last few weeks clearing out my calendar and making sure I wouldn't have anything on schedule because um, when I do get into that hyper-focus mode, like I could do it for days straight and, and not want to do anything else. But if I know that I have like an interview coming up in, in two days, it's going to affect me. I don't know why, mm. but I need several days of nothing so that I, like, I don't, don't even like to think about what's coming up and what might interrupt me. It almost sounds like what actors do when they're method acting, mm -hmm. you know, when they like, don't like leave they character, it. it's mm -hmm. the, that you just, wow. That's like Daniel. Day how many hours at a time will you, are people putting food underneath the door for you to make sure you keep your strength up while you're getting the oh, work? Yeah. My husband and my mom are so good. Like they know, and it, it not only happens you know, a few times a year where I get into this like hyper-focused writing mode, but you know, they'll just text me and be like, I'll bring you lunch. I'll bring you dinner. Um, so that I don't have to do anything and that's they take awesome. to care of me and, and allow that. And they know that's how I work best. And so it just works out. I've just, I'm surrounded by people who are so supportive yep. of what, what I'm doing and, you know, yeah, you are. I'm just very lucky. And this all started with your book slammed, which you wrote just for fun and you put up on Amazon. And then when we spoke <laughs> last, you said it just like fucking blew up. Yeah, like you didn't realize that this was going to happen. And with that book in particular, do, was this just like something like a bucket list item or did you have a plan for it? So I've always wanted to be a writer since I was four years old and was jealous of my sister because she could write and I couldn't because <laughs> she had been to kindergarten. Yeah, <laughs> I remember having all these stories I wanted to tell. But as I got older, like my first major in college was writing. I was majoring in journalism. Then I got pregnant and had a baby. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like this it just took so much time. And so I switched gears and I was like, I need a degree that's going to feed my children. Mm -hmm. And so all throughout my twenties, I was a mom. Like I had kids pretty young 
and um, just worked full time and raised my kids. I never even thought about writing. But then when they got a little bit older, I think my youngest was about six or seven. Um, they didn't need me 24 seven. And so I had a little bit of downtime. So I started writing slammed. I remember just, it was just for fun because I had already let go of the idea that I was going to be a writer. I had entered my thirties. And to me, by the time you enter your thirties, you know, you should know what you want to do with your life, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was just kind of floating by and trying out all these different careers. And I think it's a little bit of my ADD, like, I quit a lot of jobs. Like I would just get bored mm -hmm. and nothing spoke to me. And then when I wrote my first book, um, you know, I did it writing full time. I mean, working full time. And so I did it in my spare time. And it was just the one thing that I looked so forward to. Mm -hmm. And so when that book came out and released and did well, and I was able to quit my job and do this full time, it's just like, I've never wanted to quit my job since then. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend the first 10 years Bobby of your Cap career. <laughs> Yeah. Being like, okay, I'm bored. Let's try something new. But this, I feel like every book is something new. Like I get to quit a job and start yeah. a new book every yes. time. And so it kind of fuels my ADD a little bit. Colleen, I saw Lauren and I were recently talking about um, the importance of like celebrating life moments, not mm -hmm. just like having babies and getting married, but like starting a writing career and or like doing, a launching a book or launching a book. And I saw a picture yes, of with you with your girlfriends celebrating like with, the with anniversary. Was it the anniversary well, it of your writing career? Yeah. So, was, so um, they were all they're all on my team, like with the bookworm box and book bonanza. And we all had a big meeting for our upcoming signing at the Gaylord. And then all the girls that the, or the girls that work for me here in my office for my writing career, they're separate from that. They also went and my mom went and both my sisters were there. Of course, they all work, you know, do stuff for bookworm. But um, I thought we were just having this big, you know, meeting for, to uh -huh. prepare for the signing. And they surprised me with this cake and um, yeah, awesome. celebrate was we're celebrating the first yes in your anniversary of Slammed, which I thought was cool. so sweet. And it was a cute cake too. It was, wasn't it? What was the flavor? Was very good. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's one of those things that didn't stay in my head. Sounds about right. But that's what you're getting so, at. Celebrating little those like moments, the milestones. Those that, are so huge. Yeah. They need to be and to be with the tribe of women yep, or people that are raising you, literally carrying you through. Exactly. Like those are the people that you celebrate that stuff with. You yeah. just mentioned um, the bookworm box for our listeners and your readers who are tuning in. Can you, I know you do this with your sister or sisters? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that so that people can dive into it if they wanted to? Yeah. So back in 2014, 2015, we were, um, I have two sisters. We were wanting to do something for charity just to kind of give back. You know, I, I had a degree in social work and it was always something I wanted to do if I ever had the means. And since I had the means, I was like, okay, let's think of something. And, um, we decided to do a subscription box and, um, the books that you get are signed. It goes out every month. All the money goes to charity. I, I don't know how much we've donated to charity, since 2015 but it's close to two million dollars amazing wow yeah. yeah um and we have a brick and mortar store in silver springs texas called the bookworm box where all of the books on the shelves are um signed and donated by the authors and then we have an annual signing at the gaylord texan every year in wow. grapevine 
Amazing. What what organizations are you supporting from the, the proceeds from Bookworm? So we have um, a form that anyone can fill out. If they awesome. know a nonprofit or have one they want to recommend, they go and fill that out. And then all of those go before our board every, every quarter. And then we just choose what we can afford to donate to. So, I mean, it's been hundreds of, cool. of yeah, all different things. Donated to, yeah. I saw that um, a couple got engaged at the bookstore. They did yesterday. That's yeah. so cute. Are they just like huge fans or was it, is it like a, do you know? They drove in, I believe from Florida Oh wow! to visit the bookstore. That's the weird thing about this uh -huh. bookstore. We don't get a whole lot of foot traffic, but the foot traffic we do get, people drive from out of state. They've come from Australia oh, even wow. and make it a stop on their visit. Um, that's it's cool. just like a specialty little store that, you know, people want to see. And so that's really cool. We have this sign in book that people will write little notes in when they come visit. And it's just so neat seeing all the places people have traveled from. But yeah, they drove in. It was her like on her bucket list to visit the store. And he knew how much it meant to her. And so he proposed to her in front of the shelf of my books. I thought, oh my God. Books, right? <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> mom was there. I didn't know this was happening. I was out of town. And so I, I didn't get to be there, but, um, I messaged the woman after, after it happened. And I was like, please let me share these pictures. They're so cute. That's really adorable. Sweet. Everything mm -hmm. Colleen touches turns to magic. It's a goal. People are <laughs> traveling across state lines. You know, I have a random question. I've got two more kind of random questions, but do you, do you cook Colleen at all? Do you have a favorite thing you whip up in the kitchen? I feel like you just said everything she touches. So maybe food. <laughs> yeah, food is not one of them. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm not a bad cook. I just don't have time. It's not no, something not. that's on my list of priorities. We eat out a lot. Like yeah. we're so back. So my husband, I love him to death, but he's not that good of a cook. And yeah. so he does most of the cooking, but a lot of times we end up having to throw it in the trash. Oh man, cooking doesn't fall under your ADHD hyper-focus umbrella. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. okay. okay. But we're, we're just, we're, we've always been very bad. I've always been a very like weird picky eater. And so I've never forced my kids to be anything other than picky eaters, which is probably the one place I could have improved on as a parent because we kind of all do our own thing when it's mealtime now that they're older. Yeah. It's like, all right, what are you doing for dinner? What are you doing for dinner? <laughs> yeah. But I'll do weird things. Like last night, um, I went and bought a loaf of French bread because my middle child, his favorite food on earth is croutons. And all week long, I've been baking these, these homemade croutons, trying to get the perfect recipe. And so that's what I was doing last night. Just like cutting up cubes of bread and baking them and I make him try them. And I don't know why we don't need croutons. We could just buy them. Are you adding any seasoning to them? Like what's your magic garlic? Yeah, so what? I do olive oil and different herbs and garlic. And um, last night when I was starting to make them, he goes, add more garlic powder. So I added a lot of garlic. I mean, up. my mind right now is going to either like some amazing like tomato bisque with yes. those croutons or oh, he eats them by themselves. I was say he's straight up just popping them in his mouth. Yeah, he just likes croutons. But shit, if you're, if listen, if you're going all the way, I mean, fuck him. Just make that <laughs> for you. <laughs> and I saw tomato bisque. <laughs> How I mean, my husband and I have been on like this, um, 
just trying to do a vegan, no dairy kick, just trying to get our health in check. How's it and going? So I think that's why I do this because I'm living vicariously through what they can eat. Yep. And so I'm just like, here, let me bake y'all some cookies so I could smell them the whole time. Totally. Like How's to that going? Myself, apparently. How's the health kick going? Is it, are you liking it? Are you bored with it? Very well. <laughs> my husband is doing very well okay Me not so much I'm I'm liking it I just really want to get healthier like to me it's not like this huge weight loss goal I have yeah I'm just a very unhealthy eater and so I um I'm just really trying to do fruits and vegetables right now yep and um it's been tough trying to figure out you know <laughs> which one to sustain myself on that yeah so I cheat a lot Mm-hmm. That's okay. At least you're yeah. trying to start implementing, you're adding yeah. in this stuff and it goes from there. Yeah. I think you should... he's lost like 30 or 40 pounds. Of course. Oh, of course. It, that's I'm cool. getting rounder right now. And my husband keeps getting, he's skinnier. never looked it's better. Weird. He's never really Lauren. He's he the all... other way around. Like has he gained the pregnancy? Nope. Weight. Nope. He's got he's <laughs> the most fit he's ever been. I've he's, never he's seen not it. a workout. He's not going to the gym. He's felt it's out. That, that would be the word. He used to have like a little belly. <laughs> and I saw a picture of him in Mexico and I was like, uh, <laughs> what happened to that? He's messing with me. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what, what you're having yet? No, we'll, we'll know July 20th. Well, around that when time it when comes. it pops out. I'll know too. Cause I'm oh, how fun. I wanted to do that with all of mine, but my husband had to know. And I just wanted it's- it to be a surprise. I didn't care. That's how I feel. I just want, I want a surprise. And we, you know, I mean, I'm sure we can all relate to this sentiment. There's not a lot of great surprises in life sometimes. So this is what, I mean, except for when no, you're for Colleen for Hoover, Colleen. <laughs> Colleen Hoover, Hoover is living the life of great surprises. Literally every day for Colleen is another surprise. Great Here's a surprise. really good letter from someone who read your book and her kid got a little picky. Big deal. Colleen. <laughs> what's coming up in the future do you have any more books i'm assuming what's coming out and when should we keep our eyes and ears peeled so it starts with us comes out in october and then i'm writing a thriller for grand central oh but a thriller? It, yeah but it won't be out until hopefully next year um i have to write it first so there's that <laughs> will, it, will it be a thorn another thriller porn like verity <laughs> I don't know. I had, I don't know what I'm writing yet. It's just what I, what's due next. After oh, wow. So I can only focus on one book at a time. Like if I start thinking about what I'm going to write after this book, then it'll take me out of this book. So sure. I'm not even allowing myself to go there, but I do have like a, a notes for some ideas that I want to go with. Can't wait for that. Amazing. Coolest person ever. Coolest I know. I, I mean, listen, we got, I, and I have to tell you, look, the last conversation was great, but this one really just felt mm-hmm. cozy and a lot of laughs. And I feel like that's just what Loving we tried. It. And Loving it was really it. nice to get to know yeah. you. And oh, you're oh, more than just an author, a woman, a mom, and a badass. So thank you for <laughs> taking time in your busy ass schedule. Oh my God. Um, I had fun with y'all both times. So I'm glad the other one got deleted. Yeah, me too. I kind of I actually this one's too. even better. Yeah, happy um, Michelle, do you have any uh, follow up? Any end of? No, just I, I just thank you. I thank you for allowing me to enter your inbox more than the average <laughs> stranger. And um, I just have had a blast talking to you. Yeah, oh, thank, thank you y'all. so this much. Hopefully, fun. maybe at the, when the thriller comes out, we can do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Colleen, thank you so much. People will send people to all of your, all of your platforms and channels and they know where to find you. So we'll put all the things in the show notes, but thank you so much. Thanks, and best Colin. of luck on all of your writing. 
thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. And best of luck giving okay. birth. Okay. Oh, thank you. As cozy lifestyle bloggers, we have an affinity for good lighting. Oh, for crying out loud, Michelle, we were raised in the dark. We have an affinity for good lighting because we couldn't see growing up. This is true, our mom liked it real dim. I think what you're trying to say is if you too have an affinity for great lighting or don't know much about it and can use some expertise, well, we have just the place for you. Horton's Home Lighting. Between Horton's premier lighting showroom and team of lighting specialists, your lighting woes will never go unanswered again. Every square inch of ceiling and walls are covered with twinkling light fixtures as well as ceiling fans of every style and design. The store alone is a destination worth visiting. Oh, but sister, Horton's is so much more than incredible lighting. Horton's also features a full ACE hardware with the most helpful and knowledgeable of employees, as well as indoor and outdoor seasonal decor, patio furniture, and so much more. Yeah, like items like the solo stove, uni pizza ovens, tabletop heaters, everything your Midwestern heart desires. Hortons offers Chicagoland's largest in-stock selection of home lighting with locations in LaGrange and Orland Park. Visit any of their showrooms and you will see that Hortons isn't just another lighting store, it's a true destination. Yeah, you know, walking into Hortons is kind of like walking into home. For more information on Hortons, head to www.hortonshome.com. Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at The Sister Project and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.